Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Wow, John, what a week it has been. A month? A month. A month well, it feel, feels like a month. You're right. And, I mean, it has been quite a month. Yeah, it's um, been uh, interesting. A lot, of, a lot of changing things going on out there. Good right? news, though. There is some toilet paper in the grocery store now. There is. And we um, we were introduced to uh, um, kind of one of the best athletes of all time, and I'll share that with you a little later. Um, okay. It's, so there's some positive things out there. There's a lot, of, right. a lot right. of uncertainty, but there's some there's some good things. That's we're, awesome. Yeah. We're going to try mean, to bring some encouragement and hope out there. We are, you know, and um, of course, we're still going to talk about, you know, the, the current uh, crisis we're in here. I mean, and we're going to start off w- with an update on that, on the, corona cri- the coronavirus bear market. Um, there's been a lot that's changed in a week. It's, been, it's remarkable what's gone on in a week, so... A lot to talk about here. Yeah, and then uh, some positive uh, support from the government, a $2 trillion stimulus deal um, to help businesses and individuals. I mean, that's Steve, that's a massive number. I mean, it is. It really dwarfs what was done in 2008, and uh, I think Twice, it was needed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, some of the folks in the the financial uh, arena, uh, Mnuchin and uh, Kudlow, some really smart financial people, and I think they got got the support of um, Congress on it. And um, we'll talk more about it, what it impacts. Yeah, yeah, that's going to make a big difference. I really believe it is. Um, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a Dave Ramsey uh, Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey Certified Counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 25 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website. It's moneymd.net. We had the podcast on there, and Steve, I think this is probably the third week in a row that we've done, yes. done a coronavirus. So you know, we have different takes on it, different topics, updates. So go back and listen to that. There's some really good information on there. Um, also, uh, some other tools, retirement planning tools, uh, Facebook page as well. Go check out that MoneyMD. That's right. You can link to us off our website. Uh, send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll talk about those right here on the show. Well, John, we're going to start off with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, there, there are some positives out there, Steve. It's hard to, hard to find them. Gas is down significantly. I, I bought gas at Sam's this last week for I think it was $1.67. A gallon? Yeah, it's amazing how cheap it's gotten. Yeah. My goodness, we're back to, you know, 2009 levels, and it yeah. was just, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be down for a long time, too. So that, yeah. that's a silver lining. I mean, that helps the pocketbook a little bit. It does, and, and they also delayed the uh, filing for taxes, you know, yeah, all the way no. out to July. And if you owe money, you can d- delay that by three months. I mean, Yeah, that's, that's pretty huge. I think that was smart. I mean, that, these are some good things that are coming out from yep. from the government to delay it so it's not crammed in, it's putting pressure on people and so forth. And, uh, you know, we also got a, a glimpse of a true legend. I mean, this Did guy, we? this guy, Rick. You're uh, talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence? No, 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 no. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know Trevor. No, he is good though. But this guy is even better. Who's that? This guy's on the the order of Jack Nicholas. His name is Rick Pellet Gun Cross. Oh, I saw that on your little fact of the week. That's right. And so this, this is guy, the, this is the he, he is a cherry pit spitting champion, and he's done it for eighteen years in a row. That's as many majors as Jack Nicholas has won. Do you know how I know cherry, that? Cherry? No, I don't know how you know. ESPN that. is running these championships now. There's nothing else <laughs> on. Nothing else to see. So nope. the Cherry Pit Spitting Championship, 64 years old. He spit at 40, almost 42 feet, Steve. 42 a cherry pit. feet. Yes. 
My goodness. That's a long that's, way. And he's uh, 18 world championships. Jack Nicklaus has 18 majors, so he's better than Tiger Woods. So we've gone from golf to, uh, you know, March Madness to Cherry, cherry. Pit Spitting yes, Championships. Yes, and his name is Rick Pellet Gun Kraus. So, wow. Well, I mean, you know, there is some new stars being born through this crisis. There are. I guess he's one of them. He, that's, is. he is. That's amazing. I so turned much. that on. I'm like, man, I told Tammy to come in. I was like, this is what ESPN is that's right. relegated I mean, to they're now. They're not so. even doing bowling anymore. <laughs> oh. Now it's gone to cherry pit spinning. Something you can do with their, you know, with no, with There's six, nobody watching. six feet apart. <laughs> you can be more than six feet apart. That's yeah, amazing. That Interesting funny. fact of the week. <laughs> All right. That's a good one, John. All right. And that leads us up here to our topic and... You know, once again, we're talking about the coronavirus and this bear market. Um, wow, John, I mean, what a change we've seen in only a week. I mean, since we last discussed this last week, I mean, we've, you know, continued to see an amazing amount of volatility in the stock market, to say the least, um, surrounding this whole virus and shutdown issue. But, you know, what's really amazing is how fast this shutdown activity has all developed. Um, you know, I mean, just last week, I mean, we were shutting down schools and public venues, and this week, I mean, it's all of New York, all of California, um, many of the other states um, have all shut down non-essential businesses. They've, uh, you know, told residents to stay at home, um, you know, work from home. There's 15 states, the last I counted, uh, that have complete stay-at-home orders. And there are many other states that have limited, you know, stay-at-home orders um, for various cities and counties. But, I mean, you know, all said, I mean, all the other states, localities have ordered some kind of limitation on non-essential businesses and services and gatherings. So all total, about a third of the U.S. population has been ordered to stay at home, not work or work from home. Yeah, and so the the reason why the markets have reacted the way they have is economic activity has basically slowed to a, a crawl throughout the country. And it's been a little bit over a week. I know it's <clears throat> about two two and a half weeks ago on a Wednesday is when they canceled the NBA season, and I'm like, oh, it's on. Yeah, now. when they canceled golf, that's when yeah, it was for real for me. That's right. And so, you know, it's clearly the lowest level of economic activity that many of us have seen in our lifetimes. And, um, yeah, after 9-11, it slowed down significantly, um, but uh, not, not over the entire country for, for weeks. Now, I guess 9-11, the travel industry basically halted completely and that's right. kind of what we're seeing mm-hmm. now and of course this this is going to be temporary and hopefully uh, you know very temporary but it's remarkable about how quiet things have gotten around town and and we're not even um uh, under a stay-at-home order in augusta even though it kind of feels like it it does bit. when i drive in i mean there's like a third of the traffic that normally is so yeah that's right way down and way down. um it's interesting though in the last couple of days president trump has uh, set a target of easter to reopen the country. And it's going to be fascinating to see how that unfolds. I mean, there's some controversy about that, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I guess, Easter's uh, April the 12th. 12th, yeah. So, so a couple weeks. Three from weeks, here. maybe. Yeah, two, two weeks. Two and a half weeks, maybe. Yeah, so there's that's being thrown out. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, we will. That would be that would be very encouraging, and um, I think we need that. So I'm, I'm hopeful that holds. Um, of course, you know, this has been also very scary for many people, you know, that are worried about how they're going to pay their bills as they're either furloughed or completely laid off from work. Um, you know, not to mention how scary it is for those who are high risk, um, you know, and are very concerned about this virus. Um, you know, as we know firsthand, I mean, it's it's very scary for retirees seeing their, their retirement plans also drop by a third or more in many cases as we endure this bear market. Um, so we're going to dig into, you know, how all that compares to other bear markets here in a minute. But, 
you know, this is certainly a significant bear market as the Dow was down about 35% earlier this week. Um, had a nice comeback, you know, from that. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of asset classes down 40 45% from that point. So this has developed into a, a very significant bear market. Um, you know, and then there's the remarkable and kind of unprecedented magnitude of actions that's been taken by the government to shore up the economy and consumers. And that's all unfolded here in just the past couple of weeks. John, I mean, first, you know, we, 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 we already talked about, you know, the Fed made the dramatic emergency 1% drop in interest rates last week, um, following their half percent drop just 12 days earlier at about the beginning of the month. Um, but then they also pledged support this week to, li- li- to supply liquidity to the markets by purchasing back bonds. Um, basically, the Fed pulled out all stops. They threw what they would consider the proverbial kitchen sink at the at the liquidity markets this week. And um, essentially, every monetary tool at their disposal, too numerous to, to even mention here and too complicated, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, uh, they basically threw all that at the market this week and, you know, just to calm the markets, to assure them that there was going to be plenty of liquidity. That actually scared the markets, you know. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that, but on Monday, mm-hmm. when they came out with all that, the markets got scared and had a big drop on Monday, you know, because, um, the you know, the markets kind of looked at that as, my goodness, you know, why do we have to do all this? Um, but, you know, the Fed has basically said, you know, if a business wants to borrow money, we're going to make it so easy and cheap that it'll be hard for you to be turned down for a loan. That's that's basically their position now. Yeah, and so Congress, um, you know, is um, passing stimulus packages at a level that we've never seen before, and uh, we'll, we'll go into more detail on that. But they did pass a Phase 1 and a Phase 2 package uh, last week, costing over $100 billion. Um, so quick it was as if they were voting on a holiday recess. They did it really fast. <laughs> that was really fast. And this week they've got a you know $2 trillion package um, with provisions to make cash for clunkers seem like the best idea since Medicare. So, uh, you know, it, it includes checks to families and loans to small businesses. We'll go through some numbers as well. But uh, n- needless to say, it'll include a record amount of money and build a single, uh, you know, it'll be the single costliest piece of legislation that's ever been passed in in a year. And I think, you know, the markets uh, needed that, um, you know, yeah, the liquidity was- and going to help individuals um, get through this, uh, this, this tough window here. But, um, you know, I do think um, this is going to be a temporary thing and it's, we're going to come we're going to come roaring back. I mean, absolutely. Is- yeah, I, I think we will. Um, you know, and I think this government, you know, actions as expensive as they are, I think it, it's probably needed at this mm-hmm. stage and it's going to provide, you know, a lot of support to the economy. I mean, of course, you know, the coronavirus, you know, continues to spread um, and that's raising tensions and fears among everybody, especially the elderly. I mean, but testing has expanded very rapidly um, here in the U.S., which means that, you know, we, we have an exploding number of cases as they discovered more people with the virus. And as we all know by now, I mean, New York City is proven to be kind of ground zero for the virus here in the U.S. as almost half of all the U.S. cases now are in New York. Um, and New York ordered a complete shutdown of all non-essential services and workers last week. Um, they had a, a total shutdown and stay-at-home order beginning on Monday of this week. And, and those dates are important because when you look back at Italy, um, they entered a total shutdown on March the 13th. And we saw a peak in the number of infections in Italy um, on March the 23rd, 21st. 
um, today, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, right now, you know, it looks like March 21st was the peak. Um, and so that was exactly one week later after they ordered a total shutdown. So since then, we've seen a reduction in the number of infections and deaths, which appear to be, you know, trending in the right direction there in Italy and the same thing in Germany, quite frankly. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is if New York and California kind of follow the same timeline, then we could start to see a reduction in new infections um, starting next week. Yeah, and there was some positive information coming out of China as well, right? They've got it, quote, under control, and their right. economy's getting back to, to normal. So those those are the, the positive things that we see out there. And, you know, another positive development, and this is important, is a clinical trial in New York of a couple of new treatments for the virus, which have gotten a lot of attention over the past week, including chloroquine, uh, along with uh, a plasma tran- transfusion treatment with antibodies for the virus. And hopefully we'll have some idea in a week or two if these treatments are, are confirming the early promising results that we've heard about. And of course, if these treatments prove effective, then perhaps we can render this virus no more dangerous than the flu or the common cold. And uh, this would probably enable us to go back to work and about our business uh, without so much concern for the virus. And I'll just make a, just another comment on this is, this will be resolved from a healthcare standpoint. Um, sure, it's being you know it's being put into a very small time frame, but there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people working on this that are really really smart and good at this, and they will come up with a solution, uh, whether it's you know this week, next week, or next month. They will resolve this. They always have Ebola, H one N one, SARS. Yeah. I mean, you go down the list, and and there is a part of our you know society that fixes this stuff and they're working on it, you know, probably 20 hours a day, probably around the clock. Yeah, Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, I have no doubt that they're going to, you know, find some effective treatments that's going to lower the the mortality rate, you know, significantly that, you know, they're going to have a, a, you know, a a vaccine. They're already, you know, clinically testing that, Um, you know, that will take some time to be able to produce and distribute. So that won't get us out of the immediate crisis, but at the same time, you know, it's going to change it for the long term. Um, so, you know, a lot of questions we get, obviously, are how's the stock market and the economy um, responding to all this and what's it going to look like for the future? Well, I mean, as we mentioned earlier, you know, the stock market has been down about 35 percent this week um, at one point, you know, while many indices were down uh, over 40 percent. And but as as we also mentioned last week, I mean the most major bear markets over the past eighty years have been down around fifty percent before turning around, and you know those were the worst bear markets that we've seen um, short of the Great Depression, and we've only had three you know down that level in the past fifty years. Um, I still don't think we're going to hit that level, John. Um, you know I think this is. This is probably not going to get that severe. Um, but, you know, even if it did, it's only another 10 or 15 percent down from what we've seen. Um, and also, considering how fast this drop occurred, I, I personally feel like the recovery would be much faster than we've seen with other routine bear markets. Yeah. In fact, this last week, um, a remarkable gain on Tuesday. It was the largest uh, one day gain since the Great Depression. It was about 11 percent. Um, and it uh, wasn't even driven by really any uh, tangible positive news. And uh, I believe that shows a potential for a quick recovery. And, of course, you know, we all know past performance does not guarantee the future. 
and no one can predict how this is going to play out. But you know, I think we're we're optimistic that you know we won't be sitting here a year from now wondering when the markets are recover are going to recover, uh, and they they already will be at that point. But given that this virus has a finite life, it seems obvious that the markets will uh, begin recovering once these infections um, start to drop off, drop off. And we're hopeful that's going to be in a week or two, but uh, we're not saying the markets are going to recover in a week or two, but the you know, they're starting to, I think we'll start seeing the infections maybe drop off in a week or two. That's the hope. That's what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, the markets are a leading economic indicator. So they're looking out, they've already priced in the, the second quarter, basically the GDP and is going absolutely. to be down. Yep. They're starting to look out to the third and fourth quarter. And as positive news comes out, that's when the markets respond and react. Exactly, because it's 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 news about what the future, you know, it, it changes the view of the future and how that discounts back into today's prices. And it can make a huge jump like we saw this week, you know, on Tuesday, um, because something changed about the view of the future. And so I, I think we're going to see more of that. But, um, you know, meanwhile, the question is, should you be doing anything different with your portfolio? Um, well, we would certainly say no for most people. You know, I mean, our portfolios are designed to ride through the downturns without making, you know, changes or trying to time the market. I mean, sure, they're going to be down proportionate to the market, you know, depending on how much you have in in stocks. But if you're well diversified, as we are, um, then history shows that they will recover with the market over time. And the bottom line is you don't have to, you know, we don't believe you should have to attempt to time this recovery or move to a more conservative allocation, um, you know, if you do that, you're likely to hurt yourself. Um, that's what history shows. I mean, Warren Buffett said, you know, um, just last week, you know, this is no time to be selling stocks. And we agree with that. You want to stay invested. You want to stay diversified. And now you might consider rebalancing your portfolio during this period. Um, we routinely do that for our clients, and and we're doing that this week. Um you know, for many of the accounts, um, this is a process that kind of forces you to sell a little bit of what's the highest in your portfolio and buy stocks when they're down um, and at a big discount like they're right now. Um, you know, this process is proven to help you recover faster when markets start back up. And you might also consider adding money while the markets are on sale at such big discounts. Um, but besides that, for most people, we would recommend that you simply stay focused on your long-term goals you know, take up a hobby. I mean, just, you know, stop watching, you know, the news. And, uh, oh, and you got to kind of manage your emotions in a time like this because it can get a little carried away if you keep watching all this negative information. I really do think the, the, the news media, and I hate to say um, there's some good reporting out there, but <clears throat> fear mongering. I mean, they're, they're selling selling ads like they never had before and they have viewership. And, um, you know, you got to turn some of that stuff off. I mean, you know, we we have some some good material here. Dave Ramsey has some good you know comments on it. Morningstar has some good comments. So you got to focus on that because I mean, you watching the news will will get you um, get you worried. It really will. Um, it really will. It will. You're right. And speaking of worried, well, question of the week that leads us up to our question yeah, of the so, week. Somebody who's really worried. Yeah. So we have a question of uh, will the economic downturn become a depression and. Um, obviously, you know, we don't think so. Um, <clears throat> obviously if the economy shut down for months on end, that would certainly create a huge issue. Um, but that's why the government stepped in, did the stimulus bill, which we're going to dive into here in a minute. And, um, you know, getting a, um, a solution and being able to test like they're doing, 
we think that, um, you know, April is going to be a turning point in this process. And so, I mean, I don't personally think this is going to go into a depression. I think it's going to be resolved and we're going to you know move on and get the economy and our lives back in order. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a depression technically is defined as a three year downturn. And that's a long time, three years or a, a 10% drop in GDP. I mean, both of those are very, very severe, you know, and they're usually accompanied with, you know, a lot of things that, that go along with that that are just dire. Um, you know, we, we don't see that happening. I mean, you know, it, obviously there's nobody has a crystal ball and you can't totally take that off the table. That's why stocks do pay a higher return. You know? yeah. But um, at the same time, uh you know that's a level that that I don't think we're gonna we're gonna see and and you know as we discussed if this is you know if this does start to get better you know in the, in the next couple of weeks certainly it would not uh, get anywhere close to that level and I think as as we you know discussed in the last segment you know looking at China South Korea and kind of where they're going and and their progress and so forth and we kind of see we feel like we're on the similar type track so and and certainly right. healthcare wise we have the best healthcare professionals in the world so um yeah i don't i i don't think that's gonna gonna yeah. be the case yeah i mean i think it's easy for you to you know watch the news and let your mind go there because people start bringing that up people are trying to sensationalize it I, you know i don't see that so <clears throat> anyway that's that's the long answer to that yeah. question yeah <laughs> all right and that leads us up here to our next topic though and that is this new two trillion dollar stimulus bill that was just passed by uh by by the white house or by congress you know and yeah. the deal and uh wow i mean that's that's a big one it is two trillion dollars that's a, a massive amount and uh really to help rescue the economy and um you know setting the stage for a a, a good recovery uh as we go through the next couple of months this is an article out of the washington post and uh, the agreement capped five straight days of intensive negotiations. Uh, it occasionally, you know, of course, would descend into uh, partisan warfare as a nation, um, and the, as the economy and the nation reeled from the uh, pandemic. And uh, schools and businesses are closed. There's some layoffs happening, obviously, out there. And uh, folks are, uh, you know, coming down with the virus as well. So, you know, it's, it's good that they finally came to the table and realized, hey, we got to do something for the American people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the legislation was unprecedented in its size and scope. I mean, it aims to kind of flood the economy with capital. Um, it's going to send $1,200 checks to every American, um, you know, creating a, a $367 billion loan program for small businesses and setting up a $500 billion fund for industries, cities, and states. So there's a lot of a lot of provisions in here about, you know, providing capital and money to 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 the private sector. Yeah, some other provisions uh, include a, a boost for the unemployment insurance, um, $150 billion for state and local stimulus funds, $130 billion for hospitals, and um, the bill more than uh, doubled in size in just a few days. So it started out smaller, and they kept adding things to it. And, you know, the stock market as a result, part of the Tuesday thing was anticipation of the deal. Um, that's when the Dow Jones um, increased by about you know a little bit over eleven percent, and the government's dealing with a number of uh, competing pressures. Um, you know, as we mentioned, President Trump declared that he'd like the country to open up and uh, run you know full bore on April the twelfth, even though there are people out there, you know, or some people are against it, and there that's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but. 
Um, um, McConnell said, basically, this is a wartime level of investment in our nation. Um, the National Economic uh, Director for the White House is Larry Kudlow, really smart, smart guy. He called it the single largest Main Street assistant program in the history of the United States. And it is $2 trillion. It hits a lot of different factors and a lot of different pieces out there. And I think it was needed. Yeah, I mean, it's big enough. It's going to make a significant difference, um, you know, once that money starts to flow. And, uh, you know, lawmakers, uh, <clears throat> they, they kind of neared the deal. Um, and the White House made significant concessions to Democrats' demands, allowing uh, agreeing to some some enhanced security over the massive loan program, which is a centerpiece of the Senate's two trillion dollar, uh, you know, economic package, and it pertains to the to the half trillion dollars, five hundred billion dollar loan, um, and loan guarantee program. The Treasury Department is going to be tasked with administering for companies and states and cities. Of that, about four hundred twenty five billion is going to go to businesses. Um, cities and states. Another fifty billion would go to the airline industry, um, as well as another eight billion for cargo airlines, and another seventeen billion for f- firms that are deemed important to national security. So, I mean, basically, you know, the, the government's trying to trying to help, you know, uh, support these yeah, industries backstop them. and backstop them, provide easy loan access, um, so they have money, capital to get through this and get through to back to normal operations. Yeah, and the the most recent precedent um, for this type of program was a $700 billion, and it was called TARP, a Troubled Asset Relief Program that was created during the 2008 financial crisis. And uh, Congress basically created an independent inspector general, uh, a regulatory oversight board, and a congressional oversight panel, because that's a lot of money to be doling out to people. And yep. uh, over the course of several years, investigators uncovered uh, some some fraud at large and small companies as firms sought to obtain this money through uh, various programs. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And let me just add to that. You know, if you remember TARP back in 2008, um, you know, I, I know there's going to be a lot of people that think, my goodness, all this money has been thrown out there. It's it's going to raise the debt. TARP actually got paid back with interest. Mm-hmm. So TARP actually made money for the government because those loans were paid back as those companies rebounded. Um, they were able to sell off the stock or whatever there was. They, you know, they had various different ways of supporting businesses back then, but all of them got repaid. And and so that part of the program did not end up costing the government any money. Yeah. So, you know, some of this is going to come back. Now, granted, it's not going to be the whole $2 trillion. I mean, some of those are checks to people, yeah, you know. Right. So. Um, but the loan part will will get paid back, you know, once the economy rebounds. Yeah, another piece of this is um, uh, the uh, legislation would significantly boost unemployment insurance, uh, expanding eligibility, and offering workers an additional six hundred dollars a week for four months on top of what the state unemployment pay programs pay already. So, uh, very very robust um, program. I um, I mean, I, I applaud them for getting it done in probably record time. You look at what the yep. The government response is without getting into politics through this. Uh, there's certainly been some missteps on the testing and so forth, but financially being able to to pull together and providing support to really the world is um, is unprecedented. And uh, you know, I think they've done a great job with that. So yeah, it's made a big difference. I think uh, they they can move fast. It just proves they can if they have to. You know, yeah, they, this is one of those cases that you had to. Right, exactly. So we saw that back in two thousand eight too. You know, they passed stuff like over the weekend. Over, yeah, you know, right, it's, right. It's pretty amazing how fast they 
they got moving there, and they're doing it this time too. So, you know, I think we'll have a similar result, and we'll see a recovery, um, and that's going to help. Okay, well, that leads us up here to our final thing, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, I think um, one of the takeaways from this, Steve, is that we, we should all learn from this experience. I mean, life is full of unexpected events, and and financially, you know, we, we can't, no, no one can predict these events, but one of the things you, you can do is you can make some changes to your financial future. So when we get through this, and we will, and you're, you're back in stable employment and things are clicking along again, and you know that could be six months, it could be a year, it could be two years from where we are, um, make sure you're taking those steps that we talk about, that Dave Ramsey talks about. And right. one of the biggest ones is an emergency fund. And we, Absolutely. We talk about that. I mean, I know you have clients that you've talked to. I had one that I talked to recently, and they're pulling money from their retired, but they're pulling money from their portfolio. They basically are stopping all distributions from the portfolio because they have so much cash built up, and they're just going to pull from that until the markets come back. There you go. That's a good a lot move. Of flexibility. Um, That's the key. You can give yourself some flexibility, then you can make great decisions in times like these and yeah. take advantage of opportunities. That's like right. That. And if you're sitting, we would never recommend someone use their emergency fund to put into the market. But let's say you needed a thirty thousand emergency fund and you had a hundred thousand of cash, you could take ten or fifteen or twenty and put it into the market when it's low. It just gives you options. So when we talk about emergency funds. It's times like these that you can't predict, and it if you have some extra cash, it's the flexibility is it's it's invaluable, really. It really is, yeah. I mean, when the markets recover, you know, I mean, if the market's down forty percent, or your portfolio is, and you know, the stock piece of it, and you put more money in, and it recovers. I mean, that's a 67% gain, Yeah, you know, when you yeah. do the math. Yeah. I mean, it's the in, it works inversely, you know, so it's a big gain from the bottom if you can get 100% in there. So Yeah, the other big piece is, you know, you know, having your debt paid off. So if you have no payments going out right now and you lose your job and you have a whole bunch of cash, it, it it's not fun going through that, but you're not in a financial crisis. Absolutely. That's so. right. And have a solid retirement plan, you know. I mean, just just have a plan, you know, know how much you're spending um, just be on a solid plan and that allows you to have some control in times like these, you know, you don't, you're not just flying in the dark, um, where you don't know if, you know, if, if one of the two of you gets furloughed or out of work, um, as millions of people are now, um, you know, you don't know whether you're going to make your bills, be able to make, make ends meet. Um, you don't know what all you have to cut out. Yep. If you got a budget, you got a plan, you know, you know where your money's going, then it gives you that that control and flexibility to do that. So there you go. Great prescription of the week. All right. And that leads to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions or give us a call. Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.